Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Today we're going to continue our series uh, and finalize this three-week series called Hidden Treasure. And Hidden Treasure has been uh, a, a really great, great time for us to reflect on the different values that we have um, have uncovered during the season of COVID-19. And uh, we're coming out of the season, thank God. Uh, the restrictions have been lifted and things are, are, are back to normal on some level, but still uh, there's a lot of different things that have changed our world. And one thing I wanted to do is make sure we look back at the last three, four months and don't uh, overlook some of the great hidden treasures that uh, God wanted us to know about. And so um, we can look back over these last couple of months and realize that uh, that that there are some things that, that we should invest our lives into and maybe give more of ourselves to uh, in the future. Our key text for this series is in Matthew chapter 13, uh, verses 40, verse 44. And it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had, and he bought the field. This man probably walked by this field all the time. He probably uh, wasn't anything out of the ordinary. The field was probably familiar. The field was probably ordinary. And the field probably had a cost. There was a cost to buy this field. And so he one day was walking by this familiar, ordinary, costly field, and he tripped over this treasure and realized that in this thing that was right in front of him all this time, there was this beautiful hidden treasure. And what Jesus says in this verse is, is that this is comparable to, or an example of the kingdom of heaven. And that when this, this is a picture of what the kingdom of heaven's like, it's this familiar, this ordinary, costly field that this man discovered a great treasure and he gave up everything, went back home and sold everything just to purchase that field, just to obtain that treasure. Today, we're gonna to talk about something that I believe to be very, very, very important. Uh, and if you look back, think back for a moment, just to this last season, think back to the last three, four months when this thing first started, when we first hit COVID and you were at home for the first time or our world where the school quit allowing kids to come to school and made a homeschool, or maybe you thought you were going to lose your job, or maybe you were unsure what was going to happen. All these things started happening. And what was the first thing we began to feel like we, oh my gosh, what's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen with our lives? What are we going to do now? And right away, I recognized that one of the greatest, greatest treasures, one of the greatest hidden treasures of this season is trusting in the Lord. When life felt like it was up in the air, and it feels easy to forget now what the season looked like because we're kind of coming out of it. You know, we're kind of getting back into our jobs and getting back into our lives and things are somewhat normal again. But the reality is, is that it felt like an eternity when we were in that time and we felt like we were nervous about what's gonna happen and is this COVID thing gonna be bigger than we thought it was? And is there gonna be more sickness? And do I need to be afraid for my life? And is this the end of the world? And is this the apocalypse? And on and on it goes. And what's gonna happen with my job? And all of these things that we felt and we thought it comes boils down to this one real important value of trusting in the Lord. And really it impacted each of us on different levels. And so this season honed in on a very simple question. Do you trust in the Lord? 
Do you really believe that he is who he says he is in his word? Did you want to take matters into your own hands? Do you trust in the Lord? Now today's Father's Day and on Father's Day, this is such an important, important thing that every man, every father, every son needs to learn something important and vital. And so this is kind of my Father's Day message today. Uh, I actually believe that this is one of the most important things that you can not only do with your life, but you can teach others in your life, train other people to do this thing, to trust in the Lord, to train your children, to train your family, to do yourself, to truly, truly trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And so I'm going to read to you today my life scripture, my marriage life scripture. If you look at it in my home, there's the, this scripture is everywhere. And it's really the key text for our life. And it's found in uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says, Trust in, rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize Him, and He will make your path straight and smooth. He will remove the obstacles that block your way. Let me read it again. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all of your heart. And do not rely on your own insight or your own understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize Him, and He will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. So today, I'm just going to give you three very simple realities about trusting in the Lord. Three simple truths uh, about trusting in the Lord from this scripture uh, for you today. So the first one is this, very simply and, and very, uh, very um challenging is trust in and put your confidence on the Lord, not in your circumstances. Trust in and put your confidence on the Lord. That's what verse five says. Trust in, rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. Put your confidence on the Lord. Think about this picture, on him. So we take our situation and our difficulty and our worry of life and we place it on him. We place this on top of him and we give it to him. Psalms 55, 22 in the New King James Version says this, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. Look at this. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So it says, cast your burden on the Lord. This word cast, actually the, the Hebrew word is to roll over onto, to roll it over. It's like you take this thing and you roll it over onto the Lord. But if you're rolling your burden onto Lord, that means that you are trusting on the Lord, trusting in the Lord, and not trusting in your situation. And this is why we must trust in God and in Him and not the results or the, uh, the results of our circumstances or our situation. It is so easy for you and I to put our trust in God and our trust in God for a favorable circumstance. So God, I'm trusting that you're going to heal this person or I'm trusting that you're going to do this thing or I'm trusting you're gonna meet this financial need or I'm trusting you're gonna do this, uh, this thing for me. The reality is, is, that, is that we trust in God and the situation or the circumstance or the thing that we're desiring is ultimately up to the Lord. And so our trust isn't that our situation will turn out. Our trust isn't that we will receive a favorable result from what we want, even though that's our desire. Truly and wholly, our trust is on the Lord, is in the Lord, and we trust that whatever the circumstances turn out, uh, however they turn out, that our confidence is in Him and we trust in Him. Listen to this verse in Proverbs 19:21. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord 
that will stand. So we have to trust in God, not in your situation, trusting that God's plans and God's purposes are the ones that will stand. Our purposes in the mind of our, in our minds won't, won't stand, but God's purposes will stand. The character that I want to kind of talk about today is Job. And we'll talk about him a couple times today. Job is a character in the Bible who, if you don't know the story, it's found in the book of Job. Uh, he was a man uh, who loved God, was a man of integrity, was very successful in business, had uh, you know wealth and animals and a great business, had a wonderful wife and kids and health, and everything was going well for Job. And then one day, ca catastrophe hit his home. Uh, he lost all of his children. He lost his wife. He lost his business, he lost his wealth, and ultimately he lost his health. And all he had left was, was God. All he had left in this situation was no, nothing. He had zero to show for his life other than simply just breath in his lungs. And when all of this happened, Job had to make a decision. I'm a man after God's own heart. I'm following after God. I've lost my wife. I've lost my kids. I've lost my job. I've lost my everything, really, and I've lost my hell. What will be my response? Am I going to trust on the Lord and trust in the Lord and put my confidence in Him knowing that God is good no matter what? Or am I going to put my confidence in God only if my circumstances turns out? And this is what Job says in Job chapter 1. He says this amazing verse. He says, at this, after all of these things happened, at this, Job got up, he tore his robe, shaved his head, he fell to the ground in worship, and said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart this world. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Lord, you gave, you take away, but God, you be praised. God, you be blessed. See, Job realized that in his situation, if he were to put his confidence in God for a favorable circumstance, in God for things to go like he wanted, he would be left disappointed. And yes, we want to have faith for uh, sickness to be healed and faith to believe God can do the impossible. Of course we do. We want God to, to do these things, but at the end of the day, what matters most is that we trust in the Lord and leave the rest up to Him. And the verse very clearly tells us how to do this. How do we make God our confidence? How do we trust in the Lord? It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, with your whole heart. So let me ask you a question. Does Jesus have your whole heart? When you and I confess Jesus and believes in our heart, guess what happened? And we accepted Jesus into our lives, guess what? He took over. He has our whole heart. He has our whole life. Matthew 22, 37, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. We can fully put our trust in God and on God knowing that no matter the circumstance, no matter the difficulty, no matter what's happening in my life, I trust that God will work things out for my good, what He thinks is best for my life. Okay, so here's the second one today in our verse, our key text today. Proverbs 3 verse 5, it says this, and do not rely on your own insight or your own understanding. Now, you gotta remember this, I know this is maybe hard to hear, that no matter the situation, we cannot be trusted to make decisions with our own thinking and our own human insight. 
Many of us are wise and smart and, and, and full of uh, all sorts of insight and wisdom. And I don't want to say that you're not supposed to use your brain or not supposed to think clearly or not supposed to use human reasoning. That's not what I'm implying. But I want you to know that when it comes to trusting in the Lord, your first, reality, your first understanding needs to be this. Your understanding cannot be trusted. Only God's ways can be trusted. Only God's word can be trusted. When you're making a decision for your life or something's going on in your world or you're experiencing a difficulty, you are your mind is not to be trusted. You are not to be trusted. Only God can be trusted in. Look at this in Jeremiah 17, five to seven, we're having a thunderstorm. It says this, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in and relies on mankind, making weak, faulty human flesh his strength and whose mind and heart turn away from the Lord. For he will be like a shrub in the parched desert and shall not see prosperity when it comes. Even when good comes your way, you won't see it. But you'll live in the rocky places of the wilderness and in an uninhabited salt land. But blessed with spiritual security is the man who believes and trusts in and relies on the Lord and whose hope and confidence, confident expectation is the Lord. Here's the truth. If you choose to trust in your own thinking before trusting in God, if you choose to think in your own way before trusting in God, even as a follower of God, I want you to know today, it will lead you down a path where you are left uh, wondering, where is God? God, why have you abandoned me? When the reality, God has never left you in the first place. You and I cannot be trusted to make, th uh, make our own human thinking more important than God's ways or God's word. You and I can't be trusted. It says to not lean on your own understanding, to not lean on your own thinking, to not lean on your own ways. Let's go back to Job for a minute. Job was going through this difficult circumstance and Job did not sin in this season. He had some good questions and he had some good thoughts and he was frustrated, rightly so, but he did not sin during this season. And he had three friends in his life who all brought their rational thinking to Job. They, they brought their thinking to him. They, they, tried to, they tried to get him to say, maybe it was sin in your life, or maybe it was this going on, or maybe you didn't have enough faith, or all of this rational thinking. And, and Job, through all of it, just kept going back and forth with his friends. And so then we come to Job 42, and I wanted to read this, this scripture just to give you an idea of how this man came to a point in his life where he lost everything, uh, things were not going well for him. His business, his life, his family, everything was, was in the pits. And here's this man who continued to trust in the Lord. And this was the final conclusion of the entire book of Job in chapter 42. It says this, Job answered God, I'm convinced you can do anything and everything. Nothing and no one could upset your plans. You asked, God, you asked me, Job speaking, who is this, who is this muddying the water, ignorantly confusing the issue? second guessing my purposes. I admit it, God, Job says, I was the one. I babbled on about things far beyond me. I made small talk about wonders way over my head. And you told me to listen and let me do the talking. Let me ask the questions you said. You give the answers you said. And I admit, I once lived by rumors of you. Now I have it all firsthand from my own eyes and ears. I am sorry, forgive me. I'll never do that again. I promise I'll never again live on the crusts of hearsay, crumbs of rumor. And after God had finished addressing Job, he turned to Job's friends. And he said, I've had it with you and your two friends. I'm fed up. You haven't been honest either with me or about me, not the way my friend Job has. 
So here's what you must do. Take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my friend Job and sacrifice a burnt offering on your own behalf. And my friend Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer. And he will ask me not to treat you as you deserve for talking nonsense about me and not for being honest with me as he has. And they did it. And these friends, they did what God commanded and God accepted their prayer. And after Job had interceded for his friends, God restored Job's fortune and then he doubled it. And all his brothers and sisters and friends came to his house and celebrated. And they told him how sorry they were and consoled him for all the trouble God had brought him. And each of them brought generous housewarming gifts. And God blessed Job's life, later life even more than his earlier life. He ended up with 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and 1,000 teams of oxen and 1,000 donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. He named the first daughter Dove, the second Cinnamon, the third Dark Eyes. There was not a woman in the country as beautiful as Job's daughters. Their father treated them as equals with their brothers, providing the same inheritance. Job lived another 140 years, living to see his children and grandchildren, four generations of them, and then he died and old man full of life. This is a man who had nothing. He was, everything was taken away and yet he put his confidence on the Lord and he did not allow the thinking of man, the human understanding. He did not rely on man's thinking to determine his perspective of who God was. He did not allow human reasoning, his own understanding to dictate his decision to trust in the Lord. The scripture says, lean not on your own understanding. You cannot be trusted to first and foremost have the right understanding. We have to first trust in the Lord, put our affection on God, turn to his word, and put our hope and trust in him. Here's the last one. This, here's number three. Give God credit with everything. Okay? So Proverbs 3, 6. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. So this is how you can train yourself to trust in the Lord. He loves it when we recognize the involvement in our lives and the good and bad. He loves it when we acknowledge that he's with us. When something good happens in your life, give God credit from the small to the big. The other day I was going down to Annie's in Fish Creek Park and God knows I love having the perfect table to overlook Fish Creek Park. And I got down there, the place was packed and there right on Annie's porch, there's two seats, perfect for me to have a cup of coffee. And I said, you know what God, thank you. You knew exactly what I needed. A time, we, you know, through this whole season, we found out that we were able to get a U.S. stimulus uh, payment uh, for being U.S. citizens. And we were able to find someone to help us with our U.S. taxes super cheap. And it was just things rolled into place. Thank you, God, for taking care of that for us. Uh, you know, you, you find a dollar on the ground or you, you meet someone at the store or you find a parking spot or, you know, right now it's raining outside. God, thank you for the rain, for watering our garden. He loves it when you acknowledge him in, in every circumstance. He loves it when you acknowledge him in the small things and in the big things. The other day we went out to dinner with some folks and we got there and we waited forever to get into the restaurant because it's super crazy right now in a restaurant. We waited for like 40 minutes and we got in there and they said, hey, good news, it's happy hour, everything's half off. I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. We acknowledge him in everything that we do and God loves it and it actually teaches you to trust in him. But I want you to know, you don't just acknowledge him when things are good. We also have to acknowledge him when things aren't going well. This is, we have to give God credit when things aren't going the direction that we want them to go. When things are bad or things aren't favorable, maybe this is God's way of actually getting the good to come out of our life. Maybe, excuse me, maybe in your life, you look back at this COVID season and you realize, man, even though that was a difficult circumstance for so many people, 
That was a benefit for me. Thank you, God, for allowing us to go through that season. Or thank you, God, for allowing me to experience that difficulty in my life. Or thank you, God, that things didn't work out. Thank you, God, that I didn't get that house, but I ended up getting this house. Or I, I didn't get that car. Or thank you, God, that I missed that light and I'm at a red light. Now, God, who knows what would have come of my life if I would have bound my way through that red light. And what if I would have gotten in an accident? Or what if something would have happened? We don't know what circumstances we're facing that are actually God using those moments to help us in our life. There's just two verses here, John 9, 1 to 3. Listen to this. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. And the teacher said, Rabbi, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It, and Jesus says this, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so that the power of God could be seen through him. And then Jesus went and healed him. So this man was born blind, tough circumstance. And we say, where's God in this? You don't have any idea where God is in it because we're just simply human. And our job is to put our trust in the Lord and trust that he's God and we're human. He's the creator, we're the creation. He's in control, we are not. And he has favorable circumstances through our difficult circumstances. Look at this one in John 11. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Listen, you don't know what difficult circumstance that you're facing that God is going to use for his glory. So we might say, okay, I'm only gonna thank God for the good stuff. No, 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 we need to thank God in the circumstances when things are hard and difficult. Here we are I'm preaching and there's hail outside and it's raining and it's thundering outside. And we say, okay, God, I don't understand why I'm in this storm right now, but I gotta believe that God, there's something behind it that I don't see. And sometimes we don't know why things go the way that they do. Sometimes we don't understand it. But what we do know is that our God is faithful and that he can be trusted. Okay, let's end this this morning. Lastly, we're gonna talk about the promise of this verse. In Proverbs 3, 6, it says this. Okay, if we, if we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, if we lean not on our own understanding, if we acknowledge him in everything that we do, it says this, he will make your path straight and smooth and he will remove the obstacles that block your way. He will go before you he will prepare a way for you. He will remove any obstacle that's in your way. This doesn't mean that our path will be perfect. This doesn't mean that we won't face difficult circumstances. This doesn't mean that we won't face hardship or, or, or difficulty in our life. This just means, listen, God is going before you. God is going before you to make your way uh, smooth. This means he's gonna, he's gonna allow you to be in uh, the difficult season and the good season. It will be manageable. You'll be able to face it. You'll be able to make it through it. Whether, no matter what will happen, you'll know God went before me and he made every obstacle that was in my path. He smoothed out the obstacles. He showed me which way to go. He helped me in this season. He, he helped me when I didn't know where to go because I trusted in him and I didn't lean on my understanding and I acknowledged him in everything. And now, even though the situation's hard, I know exactly where I need to go. I know exactly where I need to do. This isn't as, as difficult as I thought it'd be. I'm able to endure this season of my life because God is with me. He will remove the obstacles. He will make things um, uh, simple for you. It might not always be easy. You might not always have the most favorable of circumstances or even results. 
but we know that when we go through it, God will go and remove every obstacle. And the best part is all you have to do is just keep walking. Just keep stepping. Just keep moving forward. Just every single day, take another step. Take another step. And every step you take, he makes it accessible. Every step you take, he removes the, the tripping hazards. He removes the boundaries. He removes the difficulty. And you take a step, and you take a step. And this is called living by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We live by faith, not by sight. That's what this is. Simply trusting in the Lord every single day. And what's the result of trusting in the Lord? The result of trusting in the Lord is to simply and fully know God better. To know Jesus better. To have a better, deeper relationship with Him. To know Him deeper. To know Him more. To trust in Him. The purpose of trusting in the Lord is not that our lives will be perfect. The purpose of trusting in the Lord isn't that we will have everything figured out for us. The purpose of trusting in the Lord is that we will know Jesus better. That we will have a relationship with Jesus that's strong. That we will know our Creator and our Maker and our friend and our Advocate and our Partner. That we can trust in Him. We can put our hope in Him. Job, and I'll end with this verse that Job said in the very last chapter of Job. He says, I've heard about you only by the hearing of my ear, but now my spiritual eyes, they see you. Because I've learned to put my trust in you and I've trusted in you and however things turn out. I didn't lean on my understanding and the, the words of humans. I, I acknowledged you in every moment of my life. I realize now that I heard rumor of you and I heard about you, but now I've experienced you. Now I see you with my spiritual eyes. Now I've experienced you and I have a relationship with you like never before. And that's the goal. There are some things that I don't understand. Some things I can't come to grip with. Sometimes I just look out in the world and think, why? Why me, God? Why this situation? Why them, Lord? Why this tribulation? Why? I've been down on my luck for a while. I mean, I don't even have an ace in the deck. Just empty hands with no patience that's left. I'm lost in the desert, no oasis. I guess I'm hung out to dry. Lips chapped, feet hurt in this weather. I thirst and I march on, hoping to find an answer. Just an inkling of faith in this world full of cancer would be a refreshing drip of water on the tip of my tongue. The fresh, cool breeze of Jehovah's lungs is exactly what I need. But that feels so far away. I mean, God, are you really with me? Do you really care? When I cry in distress, are you really there? Your word says yes, but sometimes I doubt it. But clearly my own path needs rerouting. Because every time I walk my own way, I get lost. And even though I'm lost in the desert, I now realize He created it. He knows where the water is. He made the sun. His creation is marvelous and He is in control even when I fail. He is faithful even when I fall. He is what I need even when I doubt. He is fresh water in the midst of the drought. He is God and He is King. He is Lord and gives life to all things. He gives and takes away and sometimes I just need to 
trust that he knows exactly what he is doing. When I am asleep, he is moving. When I fall, he is choosing to pick me back up with outstretched arms. Nothing that anyone does can separate me from his love because he is faithful. He is true. He is good. He is God. And in the desert, I know he reigns. Maybe you're watching today and you don't know the Lord. Maybe you've never met him. Maybe you've never experienced him. Maybe you've heard about him. Maybe you've been to church your whole life and you've heard about him, but you've never experienced him. Maybe you're watching today and you used to go to church or you used to have a relationship with God and you've been hurt along the journey. I want you to know today that life, uh, life is not fair at times and life does not make sense at times. And life sometimes comes at us and we don't fully grasp the why behind it all. And I don't have all the answers and really any, to be honest with you, except for one. I know that today, if you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life, the Bible teaches us that if we trust in Him, our life will actually be blessed. Our life will actually experience uh, fruitfulness and we'll see a life that our Creator intended for us. But if we continue to trust in ourselves and continue to trust in man's thinking and man's ways and man's ideas, the Bible teaches us that that always ends in spiritual death. And so maybe you're watching today and you'd like to give your life to Christ. It's very simple. The Bible says that all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. So basically in your heart, right now, you just have to believe in your heart. I believe that Jesus is Lord and confess it. Jesus, I believe you're Lord and I want you to come into my life and, and I wanna be a follower of you. That's it. So just say those words. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ today, we want you to know you're in his kingdom. Your name is now registered in the book of life in heaven. You'll now experience an eternity with Christ in heaven when you die. And you'll have an abundant life right now on this planet, on this earth, you will have an abundant life. And when you face difficult circumstances, guess what? You now have a God to put your trust in, a personal God, a life-giving personal friend, a confidant, a comforter, who will guide you and lead you and help you in your life. And so if you're watching today, I encourage you, you wanna give your life to Christ, just go ahead and say those words. I wanna pray for you right now, for those watching who are followers of God and for those maybe who aren't, but like to do that today, let me pray. Lord, I just wanna say thank you. Thank you firstly, God, that you've given us a very simple pattern by which we can experience the life you want for us. It's simply trusting in you. This is a hidden treasure, Lord, where we can experience the kingdom of heaven in our lives simply by putting you first, simply by trusting in you, simply by not leaning on our own understanding, by acknowledging you, God. The Bible says that you will remove every obstacle, that you will make our path straight. So Father, we wanna say thank you for being such a great dad and a great, uh, great father, comforter, creator. And we wanna say thank you, God, that in every circumstance we face, we can put our hope and trust in you. I pray for those who are facing a difficult circumstance in life. Would you help them? Would you guide them? Would you be there with them? Would you comfort them and help them to remember, to acknowledge you and put their trust in you. And we know that in all things, God, you will cause all things to work for good to those who love you and who are called according to your purposes. We love you and we thank you for an amazing day. Amen. Hey, again, I want to say happy Father's Day and uh, next week, join us online again. It'll be um, actually our last Sunday where we're just online. Uh, July 5th, we'll be going back to our physical gatherings. You can register to join us for our 9.30 or 11 o'clock service on July 5th. 
Uh, but next week I'm going to be casting vision, fresh vision, from the stage at Cardell Theater. It'll be live. You can text uh, or comment on there. I'll be commenting with you. It'll be awesome and, and super fun. And so I encourage you to join us next week. Uh, and, and we love you with all of our hearts. Have a really great day. Happy Father's Day. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.